Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Let's pray. All right. Father, thank you so much for uh, for the opportunity we have this evening to sit down and open your word and just uh, talk about it, learn about it. Father, give us the courage once we do learn uh, to apply these things to our lives. We're so grateful for the for the power of it, uh, for the for the cleansing of it. We know that it can clean the, the the things out of us that need to be cleaned, and we thank you for it, Father. Bless us uh, with understanding and bless us with insight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Exodus chapter twenty, verse eighteen this morning. That's Exodus chapter twenty, verse eighteen. Before we jump into that, and let me ask you. You know, at last past past couple of years, right, we've seen some pretty horrible stuff come down the pipe. And we've seen, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, from 2020, you know, to 2022, we've seen some some pretty horrible stuff from, from COVID, from the invasion of Ukraine, all of this type of stuff. And we've got to see how people react. How is it that we see, what is the common denominator in the world when things start going bad, how do people react? They act, many times they react negatively. We've seen that. You know, people, doesn't go well, something happens. People people take to the streets. You know, families go, go south. You know, people get hurt in families because things are not going well. Anytime you, you deal with family issues, you know, you get people at, at, like this in chaos mm -hmm. because, uh, because it, uh, uh, it's chaotic. Yeah. It's chaotic, and they're and they're scared, mm -hmm. and they're angry, and and we see people marching the streets, people hurting each other, uh, you know. You know, this seems this seems really antithetical because, like, as a paramedic, right, part of the job is to walk on walk into chaos mm -hmm. and organize it, mm -hmm. and you do that systematically. Mm -hmm. You you lay it out. Okay, what what is the situation? What's going on? You evaluate everything. It's very logical. It's very thought out. It's very it's very structured, and then you you once everything is evaluated, you start organizing you start making decisions and making choices that's really not what we see that's not what you're describing you're no, talking about chaos yeah. destruction so so what is it that causes the chaos what is it that they're doing obviously we're not clearly and logically evaluating the situation so how are they reacting what is it that causes the chaos no hope what do you mean well i mean they have no hope i mean everything they put their hope in has, has started to crumble around them if your hope is in your health and if you're in your well-being and your family and you're and you got a you know you got three three point two kids and and you got a, a decent job and your wife works part time and, and you're doing pretty well and then a pandemic comes okay and puts everybody at home and and now you're in danger of losing your job 
mm-hmm. or your or your or one of your family members gets sick, or maybe your mom, or your dad, or maybe one of your kids gets COVID, and the and society has told you this is horrible, this is horrible, this is horrible. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. We're going to lose millions and millions of people, and you think maybe one of my kids going to die, or you know, and and you and everything that you that you've you've wrapped your mind around like this that that's giving you that structured little bubble is starting to break apart. Mm. And all the hope starts to seep out because all your hope was not in was in your ability to keep your family, especially for a man, to keep your family straight, to make make a living, have money coming in every month. The bills are getting paid. The car works. The house is nice. You know, we sit down to Sunday, Sunday dinner or whatever, and everything is wonderful. And then all of a sudden it isn't. It would and seem there's no like, control. It would seem like that's the time to really step up. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is no. instead of us seeing people step up, we see people regress. Because they put their hope in the wrong thing. Mm. Their hope is in the wrong thing. Their hope is in their own ability. Their hope, hope is in their own power, their own structure. You know, and, and I know where we're going here, but when when God is my is my my you know my my safety net, you know. I look back and I say, you know, hey, I'm not going to worry about this. I didn't worry about coronavirus or I don't worry about Ukraine and all that. I mean, you know, if we get a chance to help, we'll help. But I'm not going to worry about it because I know God's in charge. And he gives me the hope that I need. Now, is it scary sometimes? You bet. Sure, it's scary. Hmm. You know, I mean, as an elder in the Lord's church, I sit and, I sit and, and, and deal with things all the time that most people, in at, this, at least at this congregation, don't have any idea about. You know, they're protected. And, and I want them to have hope in God that God's taking care of this. Not, but he's using us, put us in, in place of leadership so that we can we can kind of navigate through the, the crisis and deal with this stuff. I mean, well, that's said, the responsibility of shepherds. That's that's responsibility. And he put us here for that reason. Right. And and so they can they can they have a complete trust in God that God's gonna take care of whatever the problem is. It may go south. People may die. Okay. You know, all right. But why is that a bad thing? I understand why that's a bad thing. If if uh, you know if I if I get sick and die, why that's a bad thing? Why? Well, it's not a bad thing if you're you're in the church. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If we have hope in the right thing, that's that right. like Jesus said, it's by far better for me to go home to go to the Father. I know what you want me to say, but it's by far better if I go because I'm going to go to the Father. You know that's and and when you see people in the world in chaos, it's because they don't have any hope. And their hope is is what they've made it to be. Right. And then something has come along and broken that hope, broken that structure, broken that confidence they have. And so, I mean, we're going to see that in this text. Well, and, and it's interesting you say that. We've seen over and over and over again that God is acting, right? We're in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. And, and if you recall, Moses has gone up to the mountain. He's doing, he's gotten the, the first set of the commandments of the covenant mm-hmm. um, that he's going to come back and read to the people that he's going to come tell the people about. And so the people are all at this mountain to paint this picture. The people are all at Mount Sinai. They're at the foot of the mountain. They've been told they cannot touch the mountain. They can't let livestock right. They've been told don't go up on the mountain. There's this massive voice coming from and thunder and clouds and and storm winds and all of this stuff going on at the top of the mountain. Moses is up there, you know, getting these tablets mm-hmm. and talking to God. Um, and the people are all at the foot of this mountain hearing this. And this is really the straw that breaks the camel's back for them. Because they've, since they've been brought out of Egypt, they have seen God work in a way that no one has Pretty ever possibly. seen before. Yeah. You know, I mean, imagine for a second in Egypt, 
everything it's it's as pervasive as science is today okay their religion and their pagan their paganism and all this stuff they didn't go see a medical doctor who had some you know scans and all this stuff they went and saw a priest who said the right things to this this god of healing and then you know would do something give them potions and stuff like that right so and this isn't just their health care it's their government it's everything, everything. their ruler yeah, everything. is is considered an offspring of the sun god right yeah. so all of their institutions are based on this. They're constantly surrounded by these inert, solid idol, uh, these solid rocks that are shaped like creatures that supposedly have power. Well, now they've seen the real God come with power mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do with this. Yeah. They're totally blown away. Now they're seeing this real and, God. And you have to, we have to go all the way back in the beginning when Moses comes on the scene. They've been in bondage for 430 years. That's right. Yeah, and, they've and been in. Yeah, they've been this whole right. this whole generation that's coming out, they don't know anything about. They know of God. Yeah, but they don't know God. Well, not and, seen him in action. And and you know, except for maybe Abraham, who witnessed the destruction of Sodom. But and what Gomorrah, I'm saying is, these people that are with Moses the now, these people that are with Moses yeah. now, the the first the first the only record we have of 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 God being evident with them is when is when the plague start. Moses comes back and That's the right. plague start. Yeah. Okay. And then the sea opens up and then the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. Right. And so they're looking and saying, I mean, their eyes are big as saucers because Egypt has told them, no, 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 no. And you would think that witnessing this God acting on their behalf in this way is comforting, but it's not. It's not. It no, hasn't it's not. been. It's no. been very stressful. No. It's been very, it's been very difficult for them. They can't accept well, it. Well, it's the same way for us today. Well, and let's see what they do. Okay. So this is where we're, what we're going to see here is the, the Israelites initial rejection of God. And then we're going to see it consummated later down the road yeah. in Exodus 32. Mm -hmm. So verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, they saw the power of God on the mountain, this power of God, they'd been seeing over and over and over again. They see it in the mountain in smoke. They trembled with fear. Why are you afraid? This God has done everything, everything to bring you and save you. You know, Cole, it takes a while. It takes time for us to come to grips with what, what God. I mean, you know, I mean, I know this is going to be shown a lot later that because we're recording ahead of time. But, but uh, you know, we've gone to see Daniel. And, and you know, when, when, you, when you talk to him, we talked to him just yesterday. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and to hear him talk, I know that God was in that room with him. I know he was. And that's hard for some people to grab a hold of. It's hard to, you know, it's hard for these people to, they've watched, they've seen it, but they didn't really see it. Now they're looking at it and this whole mountain is about to fall apart and come down on them. It's what they think. God, God's very dramatic sometimes. You know, to hear a guy say that I heard you when, when y'all were in here, you were in a coma, dude. You were sleeping, you were you were gone, and I heard you. You know, I mean, I mean, I know that God's bigger than what we saw laying in that bed the times we went to see Him. Yeah, He's bigger than that. Well, but how important is it to hold on to what God has said? Oh, it's extremely. Important. I mean, He has told these people over and over and over again, mm -hmm. "I'm here for you. Yeah. I am saving you. I am." And they've constantly gone back and said. No, it would better for us in Egypt. God doesn't care. You're leading us into the desert to kill us. You've yeah. led us out into the wilderness. And so they don't trust the things God has said. How important is it today 
I mean, think about it. When things start going sideways, when COVID hits, mm-hmm. when the Russian the inv- Russia invades Ukraine, when all of these things start happening, when when let's bring it more locally, when you lose your job, when you know pressure and and things of that nature happen and force you into position, when you get sick, when you get hurt, when things like that happen, do we turn around and look at God and say, Father, I don't know about any of this, but I know you are good and I know you've got it, and hold on to Him. Yeah. Or instead, do we sit there and act like these guys and tremble in fear and go, I don't really know if God, what God is doing. I don't understand God. You see what I'm saying? I think sometimes we do. If you look at the, look at the, what happens next. Let me just, I think it applies. He says, uh, they, 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 they stayed at a distance and said to Moses in verse 19, speak to us to yourselves and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. I mean, that's how scared they were. Yeah. Okay. And he said, but most other people do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. I think that's a great, a great learning thing for us too. All right. Yes. I think that, that we need to understand that, that they had Moses. We've got the church. We've got people. I know that, that when crisis came in my life, I don't know if I would have survived it without people from church helping me to understand that God still is alive and well, God's involved, because the, the the crisis took over. The chaos took over. And and I'm going, you know, but I had great people that came to me and said, you know what, you know, I'm 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 talking to God for you. And and that and and you know when we were there yesterday with Daniel mm-hmm. and I said we've been we've been talking to God for you. That's right. And you know how many times do you thank us for doing that? Oh, man. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you, know how long, you know how long I've known Daniel? I've known him probably four or five years. Something like that. Daniel hadn't talked that much to me in the whole time I've known him. All the time. In 15 minutes, I he talked more in 15 minutes than he has in four years to me. Because he talked nonstop. He, yeah, he, he didn't He just nonstop. And, and, you know, I don't know how which many is, times. Which is awesome. Because he's yeah. getting over a double lung infection. You know, the fact that he was able, I can't believe that he was able to go as long as he did without having to, to pause. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know if he took a breath. That's, that's, it's really impressive. Yeah. The, the point is, is that, is that, you know, we Praise were God. there to help him. Mm-hmm. We were there to intertwine with him. And just like Moses is for these folks, you know, we can all be a Moses to people. Absolutely. In church, it's so important when we see a brother or sister flagging. Absolutely. Moses is a perfect example of how we should respond. Absolutely. Moses really is, is along with Christ and along with Elijah and along with other examples, is a quintessential example of at church what our responsibility is. See, here's the thing. When they say, when they stay at a distance and they say to Moses, speak to yourself, speak to us yourself. They're looking at Moses and saying, we don't want to hear from him. We want to hear from you. We're not going to deal with him. And this is the first... Yeah, He's we, we don't understand this. This is scary. We don't trust this. We don't know what any of that is. So we're not going to deal with him. We can't deal with him. You deal with him. Moses' response is, he's not here to hurt you. Mm-hmm. This, and church, that is, when isn't, we see brothers and sisters. that what Jesus did? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus came and, they, and he said, he said, deal with me. Yeah, deal absolutely. With me. I know yeah. that. That's, deal with me yeah. and I'll deal with you. That's why Moses is a type of Christ. That's exactly right. It's amazing <laughs> how this fits together. People, guys, we tried to tell, I think from the beginning, you know, all we're trying to do with this is talk about these texts together and lead you to Christ. Because that's what the Old Testament does. It leads us to Jesus. Here's a, here's a guy that's a type of Christ. It's going to, this, this whole thing, this whole episode 
is going to culminate in Exodus 32 and 33. Yeah. And so you need to hold on to this. We need to understand what's going on here. The people are rejecting God. They're looking at all of this. They don't understand it, even though God has said multiple times, this is the way it is. They're rejecting God. And Moses is stepping into that intercessing, intercessing role and saying, it's okay. He's not here to hurt you. That's He's here for your good. Remember yeah. what we talked about in yeah. James. Yeah. They don't believe that God is good, right? They don't ask, why don't you ask? Because you don't believe that God's going to give it to you. Why? Because you don't believe in God. You don't yeah. believe that he's good. Yeah. You don't believe he's good. It's the same thing here. The outset of this covenant. These people are refusing to trust God. And their and their rejection and refusal is going to continue on in Exodus 32 and 33. And it's going to continue on when they get to the promised land, right? right. When they get to the promised land, the spies are going to come and they're going to go, nope, we should have been, yeah. we should have stayed back in Egypt. Yeah. That's going to be a constant trend that the that this <laughs> nation of Israel, that God has done everything. And this is going to extend all the way into the, to the promised land, mm -hmm. all the way to after they've taken the land. They're going to look at what God is doing, they're not going to trust him and they're going to constantly try to go back to the world. So this yeah. is this is a theme that we see all throughout the Old Testament with the I nation. Think, I think it I think it's uh uh you know it's 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 so connects to us. I think because <clears throat> because the way it the I don't know what I'm trying to say. So I, to, I, I get what you're saying. It does connect to us to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. We have a better covenant in our covenant. So church, you know, we oftentimes talk about the old versus the new, right? We say the old Testament and the yeah. new Testament. Mm -hmm. What these are testaments to are covenants, right? The primary covenant or the, I don't want to say primary is important, but primary is the most evident covenant that we see in the old Testament is the old covenant. This covenant that is beginning the covenant at Sinai. In the New Testament, it is a testament to the new covenant we have in Christ and the coming of the kingdom well, of God. Let me ask you this. What does this show about God? From what we know here and what we know down the road, what is it? What, you know, and I'm not going to give you a, a question that it has a whole bunch of answers. I mean, God wants a relationship with us. Absolutely. He wants a relationship with us. That's right. He understands at this point that they're afraid of him. Yeah, he understands that. And so in the next part, he goes to me, he said, well, you go tell the Israelites this then. Mm -hmm. Tell them this. You know, he, he, we see that through Joshua. We see it through the prophets. Mm -hmm. We see it in Jesus. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's right. And then we see it in the church because when he establishes the church, when the, when the church is established by the, through the, through the washing of the blood of Christ, when that's how it happens. And God, it tells us, I preached at Fortran the other day, and one of the things I preached on, what are the benefits of the resurrection for us? What's the benefits? Mm -hmm. And one of them is, one of the benefits is is that uh, that I get to be a part of this this family, and uh, uh, and I get to have my sins removed. That's and right. God adopts me. I said, I get to be called a son of God. That's right. And that's because of the resurrection. Not because of the death. Anybody down the cross. It's a big deal to come out of the tomb. And, and I said, I said, I get to be, and I took him to Galatians chapter four and Galatians chapter three, where it talks about anyone is put on Christ, is, is baptized in Christ, put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. And then in chapter four, it says, and he has adopted you as sons. That's right. I'm going, man, that's what God's wanted all along. This is just a precursor to it. Absolutely. And in the new covenant, that's why it's different. In the old covenant, mm -hmm. they were his children, but there was still a distance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this wasn't this wasn't the end. No. This was there was a lot of uh, 
shadows, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of, uh, I forget the, the technical literary term for it, but uh, foreshadowing. There was a lot of foreshadowing mm -hmm. in this covenant that we're going to see the fulfillment of mm -hmm. in Christ in the new covenant. But in the new covenant, we're forgiven, mm -hmm. actually forgiven, washed in Christ's blood. Mm -hmm. In the new covenant, we receive the spirit of God mm -hmm. and the spirit lives inside of us. We become temples That's right. to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit dwells within us and helps us helps us do the things that these people weren't were these people would not do or could not do mm -hmm. right and so that's that's there's a huge difference between what's going on here in this covenant and the the actual covenant that God has in mind that yeah. is going to bring about by the by the but he brings death this and one first of Jesus but he does bring this, bring one, this first. one first so that we'll understand the next one right exactly. we don't understand the next one if you don't bring this one first that's that's very we don't understand blood Jesus needed a needed a place and a people that he could go to yeah. and and be this to yeah which is why those you know in the and gospels then bring we us from absolutely and the, yeah. well in the gospels we see it with Jesus's statements like you know I have come for the lost sheep of Israel That's right, right? Mm -hmm. the Israel were his people they were the first ones they were the inheritors of the promises mm -hmm. and everything else but Jesus also says and I have sheep not of this fold yeah. that I'm going to go to as well yeah and God's going to say that in 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 around this area he says I Israel is my special well, possession it, but I own all but the it's nations. like he tell, like he told Jeremiah he said he said that and what he'd already told Abraham you know, that I'm going to bless all nations. Absolutely. They thought they were the only nation that God wouldn't Some go to any, to any other. They thought you know, the only way you could become a part of this is you had to become a part of this nation. Some and, did, yeah. And, and well, not all of them, but some, yeah, did. some did. And they had that mindset and God's been telling them, hey, guys, I, I'm going to bless everybody. There was a big debate because, I mean, and we're just touching the iceberg of these promises and these prophecies. But there was a big debate a raging in the first century about how exactly the messiah was going to fold in the gentile nations to all this there there was a big debate some believed that they were going to be conquering armies some weren't sure but there's plenty of prophecies on isaiah that talk about you know all the nations coming to the holy mountain so they weren't you know the more militant were like they're coming as slaves yeah you know yeah. The, le the less militant weren't you know going that far with it so so there was that's a big why debate. they had so much problems in the book of acts y yes because they Partly, because yes. they're trying to put across their ideology and Paul and, and some of the, and the apostles are going, no, you yes. don't understand. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. God's going to save them just like he saved you. It's same awesome. Way. It's awesome. Yeah, the same way. Yeah, yeah it's all the same, same way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, verse 22. So the people remained at a distance. That's a very telling, verse 21 is a very telling statement. Mm -hmm. The people remained at a distance yeah. while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So again, we're seeing this really awesome type yeah. of Christ. Yeah. He's going forward. In verse 22, then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites this. You have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. Mm -hmm. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourself gods of silver or gods of gold. Make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. If you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dress stones, for you will defile it if you use a tool on it. And do not go up to my altar on steps or your private parts may be exposed so moses i, I want to make sure we really nail down the narrative here because this is where we lose the story okay because what's about to happen 21 to about 32 is all of these like ordinances and laws yeah. and all this law this legal code literature and, and, and a lot of this we won't 
we won't deal with all of it. We're gonna move. Yeah, we're gonna move through it. We're, we're gonna, gonna go through it and figure out what what it is that we want to highlight. What it is that we're gonna just leave alone for now. But because again, what we're trying to do is follow the story. Mm-hmm. We're trying to follow the story. God has made a promise. He looked at that serpent way back in Genesis three. Let me ask you. Uh, you know, and I've got a text here in the book of Hebrews. I don't know if we want to read it, but mm-hmm. maybe I'll just highlight Hebrews it. twelve. Yeah, and because this is th- he tells he's going to talk to the to the to the people. In the book of Hebrews, we're going to talk about this very event. Hold, hold it right to the end. Okay. Because because it is it is the parallel, right? Okay. They have come to this mountain and a lesser covenant. You want to take it to the end of this, this class? Yeah, this class. Okay. This All class, right. bring okay. it up. So hold on to that text, All right? right? But let's nail down the narrative real quick. Let me quick. know when you story. want to read it. Absolutely. Right. Let's nail down the story okay. real quick. Genesis chapter 3, God says to the serpent, there's going to be a day coming. Yeah. This is a, this is a stepping stone on that path. Mm-hmm. To that day coming narratively story looking at the storyline moses and all these people have come to mount sinai they've come to make a covenant with god god is making the covenant he's making this contract he's making this agreement right the people have rejected what god is trying to do moses has stepped into the role of intercession he's walked towards the darkness right that's what that's what uh, verse 21 says. The people remained at a distance. Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So Moses is going on their behalf as their representative. They're terrified. They don't trust God. They don't believe what God is doing is good. Now, God is already starting in verse 22 to tell them the difference between him and everybody else. Mm. I am setting you aside. You're going to be a special nation. And this is how you know you're to come to me in a special way. And that's what 22, verse 22 starts. He goes all the way and it's going to jump in to verse 21. But these are things that belong to this covenant. Yeah, It is a stone on the path to the new covenant. Now read Hebrews. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. It starts in verse 18. It says, uh, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that, that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city, the living God, of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that bear, speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah. he, he said, he said, guys, you remember what happened way back when, thousands of years ago? You're not coming to that mountain. That's right. You're coming to the Mount Zion, the spiritual mountain of God. Absolutely. It's called the church. You know, it's part part of it's the church, part of the kingdom. You know, it's you come to you come to blood that is by far better than the blood of Abel. I mean, the the blood the that uh, the yeah the blood of Abel. Uh, he said to the to the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That's amazing. Well, what did the blood of Abel speak? Spoke it spoke that if you sin, you will die. Condemnation, right? Condemnation. It, it looked at Cain. And condemnation. It yep. spoke and accused him mm-hmm. of the wrong that he had done. And he t- and he just talked about it in chapter eleven, in, in like the first four or five verses. He talked about that Abel still speaks to us today. That's right. You know, he still speaks today. So this this covenant that we have, 
the new covenant, what we have in Jesus, church, that's what mm -hmm. I'm talking about. What we have in Jesus far surpasses what they had on Mount Sinai. What they had on Mount Sinai, we're going to see it. We're going to see it all throughout. We're going to see all of these special things they had yep. to do, all these yep. little laws. And then you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to do all these things. They're going to follow that stuff. And then they're still not going to be able to exist in the presence of God. No. Only one guy under that old covenant, at co that covenant at Mount Sinai, one guy, one time, once a year, was allowed to enter into the presence of God. And even he still had to hide from God. Yeah. Even after covering himself in blood, washing himself, and can, doing all that type of stuff, he still had to hide from God. I can tell you this. Once we get through some of this study, you can go to the book of Hebrews, and it'll make more sense to you. Oh, sure. Yeah. When you read the book of Hebrews after you get after we get through with this study with you guys, you'll you'll start to understand some of the book of Hebrews a lot better because it talks about Jesus be, becoming that high priest and not taking animal blood. He took his own blood. That's right. And he only did had to do it once. And now he makes it possible where it's opened up where I can go in there. And I can go before the presence of God. That's amazing. It's amazing to me, man. So God has, it's as you said, God has always wanted a relationship with us. We're his creation. He made us. This yeah. is what he wants. You're not junk. You know, no. if you're out there today and no. you're not in a relationship with no. God, you need to understand you're not junk. No. It, yeah. And and I think I think what it what we what we started, you know, what what brings the chaos? We a lot of our loss of hope. God has done everything he's done. To have a relationship with me, to have a relationship with you guys, so that you can to, you can have a hope. And it tells us that I said one of the things I talked about Sunday at Fortran was we have a new birth into a living hope. It's not a dead hope, it's a living hope. I'm alive and I have hope in God. You know, if I die on the way home this this morning, hey, I'm going home. That's right. I'm going home because God promised me that. I'm gonna get to go stand with him and stand with the with Jesus. I mean, it's gonna be amazing. I have that hope. You know, that's why the the and, and when it when something in this life gives me pause and gives and makes me struggle, I'm going to need you to come to me and say, Dan, remember what what are we doing this for? Because we have hope. Because God is real. He's alive. That's what we did with Daniel yeah. when he couldn't. When he when it, and his family. You know how many times did we go see his family and his family just his mother's just bawling. His daddy cried yesterday. He's mm. so happy, so happy that he's that he's awake. You know, I mean, all what we were doing is saying. God's got this. God's got this. Yeah. You know, we talked to Daniel and said, I, I said, I believe you're the only one that was strong enough to, to go through this so that your family could see, come to the presence of God. That's and right. that's what's happened. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I had to be a part of that and to see that unfold. Absolutely. You know, and know that, that, you know, yeah, it's scary to come to God. It's scary to come to God. But I come to him with Jesus by my side and with the Holy Spirit in me. You know, it's not scary anymore. You know, it's scary when you don't do the right things. But, well, you know, I'm covered with grace. So I know that I know that that I'm his child. It's such a it's such a tenuous it's such a tenuous issue. Right. Because we know we are saved mm -hmm. fully by the blood of Christ. That's definitely right. But what shall we say? Shall we continue in sense that grace may abound? May it never be. How can we who have died to sin continue to live in it? Church, you've been set free from sin. So don't sin. And if you're out there and you haven't been, man, there's an opportunity for you. You know, God is, God, God loves me. It says, I think in second Peter, I think he said, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. He is slow. He is patient. It says, you know, and he's not, not wanting anyone to perish. He's waiting. You know, now he'll only wait so long and the time will be up. 
but he's waiting. He wants he wants you to respond to him in the way that he's putting in place here. He said, all right, you're scared of me? Well, then I'll talk to Moses. That's right. And Moses will tell you what I need you to do. But now he talked to us through Jesus. And in Jesus, church, remember, we have an advocate with the Father. Absolutely. Jesus Christ the righteous. A go-between, mediator. He's, a, he's the guy that stands in the gap. An atoning sacrifice for ourselves. Absolutely. His blood covers Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's not your good works. It's not your ability to not sin. Don't sin, church. We've been set free from it. Yeah. But understand if you do, we have an advocate. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this text. It, it really clarifies, I think, uh, as many do, the relationship that you want to have with us. Mm. You want to give us hope. You want to give us confidence. You want to give us peace of mind. You want to give us a, a, a connection to you. And Father, we thank you so much for that. Be with our audience. Be with all of us as we as we ponder this today. Help us to remember that that uh, that you're in love with us. Help us to to be in love with you as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.